welcome back to another daily walk. Sorry for the lighting. It's the way the sun is. It's so nice and bright out. Hey, that's all I'm going to do. I'm enjoying the beautiful day. The birds are actually out chirping. It's warm enough. I probably don't even need to wear this jacket, but I am mostly to carry things like my Bible and phone and keys with my jeans here that have holes in the pockets because I'm going to be painting later. <laughs> so did want to go ahead and get this guy out. But uh, today we want to talk about faith that can move mountains. And this is an important question. We've talked about faith on the channel in the past. And of course, faith has ramifications with it. What really is faith? How do we have faith? And, and I always like asking kids this when I used to teach kids. I would ask them, you know, what's the difference between faith and faithful? And uh, how many of them, you know, how many of them know what's for dinner tonight? And some of them are like, hey, yeah, I know, because, you know, family planning. Some are like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it didn't cross my mind. I'll eat when the table's ready. Then I asked this other question, how many of you are eating dinner tonight? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course I am. Why? Well, because I have faith my parents are going to feed me. And that's kind of the, the easiest fundamental aspect of what faith is. Because it is, when we walk with faith in God like that, like, like we know we're fine because God's just going to take care of us. It's an instantaneous reaction. It's based on past precedent. It's based on the, the promise. Think back to that example. These kids, obviously this doesn't work in weird third world country type place. It definitely is an Americanized example. But hey, that's where I was teaching Sunday school. But you take these kids and you ask them and say, you know, why do you, why do you believe you're having dinner tonight? I mean, dinner hasn't happened yet. You haven't had a discussion yet. How do you know that dinner is going to happen? Well, uh, I've always had dinner. My, my parents love me. The, uh, you know, the, our house is, is set up in such that I know what's, what's kind of coming. Well, these are all things that the Bible teaches us. God loves us. God loves us more than our earthly parents do. He has given us a precedent, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of him keeping promises, even while we have faith like, you know, dew on the grass in the morning. It just fades so quickly. We have a deep precedence. So why do we not have this instantaneous understanding that God is going to take care of us? And that is really what we need to get to. So, of course, this discussion came out of a, a good discussion we had in our Bible study this week. And uh, we were actually looking at the healing at Bethsaida when we were discussing this. So we're going to have a look at this story here in, in John 5. And we're going, to look at, um, we're going to look at verses 2 down to, let's do 8, 2 to 8. So now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porticos. And these lay a multitude of those who are sick, blind, lame, and withered waiting for the moving of waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at the certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew he had already been there a long time in that condition. And he said to him, Do you wish to get well? And the sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man to put me in the water, into the pool, when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. So we have this pool here, and an angel would come down and stir up the pool, and the first one into the pool would be healed. Sounds kind of cool, right? And uh, 
really all of these people were waiting around because they had faith. There was some precedent going on. This is a real story. Some precedent is going on whereby the waters are stirred up. The first guy in there to stir it up, boom, he's miraculously healed. They had faith that this was going to happen. Now, of course, the story's in here to show us that Jesus has the ability to, to heal instantly at this point in time. It, it's an illustration of faith. And what we got talking about is, in our Bible studies, these people were lining up. They were hanging out at this pool. They were waiting for those waters to start. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, the first guy in there, when those waters started to stumble, would, boom, be healed. They had faith. They knew it was going to happen. There was no question. There was no, no debate. It was just going to occur. That is the type of faith we are called to have. Of course, uh, we are talking about faith to move mountains. And so what we want to look at is we want to look at that passage of Scripture, which is also dealing with, also dealing with, with faith. This is from Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to look at verses 19 through 21. Let me go ahead and set it up without reading all of the verses that precede it in context. So the, um, uh, Jesus had given his disciples power to cast out demons, to go ahead, share people the gospel. And there was this one demon they were not able to, to bring out. And then they bring this, de this demon-possessed boy to Jesus. He casts out the demon. And then we pick up in verse 19. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith... For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So that is an element here. Now, is Jesus saying we can literally, I mean, I'm here in State College, we got the, the Nittany Mountain. Can I just say, hey, Nittany Mountain, get up over here and go over there. He's not saying that we're going to physically shift the world like this. But what he is saying is that when we have the faith in God, that we know he's going to take care of us based on the long precedent, based on his deep love for us, based upon what his word has said, when we have so much faith that we can walk out into the world and do things understanding he's going to take care of us, when we have that type of faith, yes, we can accomplish things that seem on the surface to be impossible. That is really what the principle of faith is. But this now begs another question. What does this faith in action look like? Okay, God, I, I see that I need this faith. I see that I have faith I can move a mountain seed. I see that if the waters are stirred on the first one in, how do I take this and apply it to my life today as a Christian? Well, what are the types of things we have to do? Faith is oftentimes counter to the intuition, uh, intuition that we have. We look at the ways of the world and we kind of know and figure out how to manipulate the world. And oftentimes, sure, we can just go ahead and, and go along with some of those. But there's times that God will intervene and be like, uh, no, you need to do something a little bit different. Let's take this one, finances. Do you have enough faith to know that God is going to take care of you even to the point where you will tithe to the point that it hurts you? Do you do that? Or do you just give 20 bucks in the offering plate because, you know, that's what's left after you got your paycheck and you blew a lot of it. And if you're the average American, you spend a lot more on entertainment than you spend on anything related to Christian service. You've gone out, you've done all your entertainment, and then you look at the end of the month, and you go, eh, I got 20 bucks left, let's just throw that in the offering plate that's coming by. Or do you sit down and say, okay, this is how much I made, and this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to trust that God will see my needs through to the end. 
That is the measure of faith. That is the first measure of faith. That is why the Bible talks more about money than most other subjects, because it's so practical and down to earth. We know, it's like you draw out your budget. I know I'm going to need this much money to get through the month. And oh man, the amount of money that I have is, it's just about the amount if I don't, if I don't give some money. I'm like, uh, let me just go ahead and take care of these and whatever's left, God understands. Hmm. You have little faith. Why don't you say, God, all of this is yours anyway. I'm going to give some back. You know what my needs are. And boom, you'll see amazing things. Look in the, uh, look in the area of um, maybe sexual gratification. Many people, they don't have faith of the marriage or the future. They don't have faith of all these. So they go out and they just find cheap sex. Uh, what, what if I what if I never get married and uh, I'll never have the opportunity to do this again? Oh, you of little faith. You do the faithful things. Carry forth the sexual purity as we are commanded. Paul says, flee sexual immorality. All other sin is committed outside the body, but sexual immorality is committed against the body itself. Do you have enough faith to not commit in those sins so that you can walk forward and be like, God's going to come down and say, I'm going to bless you for this. Look at all of the other ways of the world. Look at our time. Our time is almost like our money, only the, the real difference is we all have a, the same exact amount. Whether you're Jeff Bezos or you're uh, some kitchen cook, you have the same amount of time in your day. The question is, how have you spent that time? Are you going to honor God and say, I, I just don't have time to pray today. I don't have time to get in my Bible today. No, maybe you hand God that time as a first priority and then he will come back and bless you for what you are doing. These are the steps of faith. And, and here's another thing. Many people have said that, that walking, that the practice of the Christian life is an open book test and you can take it over and over. It's kind of like the core curriculum that they're teaching these children these days. You know, you can keep retaking the test until you pass it. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense in the form of education, but it does actually make quite a bit of sense here. God has said, hey, trust me. Are you trusting him with your time? Are you trusting him with your purity? your sanctification, your finances. These are those basic, simple tests that we start. Have faith enough to give God off the top of your time, to give God off the top of your money, to give God off the time of your pleasure, to give God off the time of your satisfaction. Give it back to him and see if he will not return it back to you because you are walking in faith. You know that God is gonna take care of you because of the things that you have done. This is what he means when he's talking about faith to move mountains. Do what seems to make no sense that's in alignment with the scriptures and in alignment with God and see if he will not return that back to you many, many fold. I leave you with that today. Have faith to move mountains, putting it into real action and real practice in your daily life. Father, we thank you for this message. Thanks for coming along on this one and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com. <laughs>